Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. If you have any questions about real estate or mortgages, how could you not in these times? Seriously. Welcome to fall, boys. That's right. It's not going to feel like fall today, though. It's going to be beautiful this yeah. afternoon. A little chilly this morning. You guys you guys all came in looking in your summer attire. Frank has his capris on. you got your shorts on. Greg has shorts on. I, I Yeah, well, as you get older, you know, the cold gets <laughs> to you. The white hair gives it away, though. Your <laughs> you white do, hair you guys do away. understand I'm the youngest guy in this room, right? But your white hair gives it away. Am, am, I, am I younger than you, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Greg's going to say yes. Well, we had a we had it works for you. Yeah, we had a very uh, good discussion before coming on. Like when we started the show, like I was thirty three, you were forty eight, and you were forty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've only been doing the show what five years? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wish inflation would fall. Yeah, expect it. We talked about it uh, a, lot a couple of it shows gas, ago. Right, Frank, a lot of it is gas. A lot of it is uh, the oil prices, obviously. Uh, $94 last I checked a couple of days ago, um, as opposed to sixty eight sixty nine three months ago. So, And what's going on? Yesterday I saw gas at 147 Today I had to fill up 157 <laughs> Maybe the weekend. We're, maybe weekend. we're out of the summer gas. I don't know. You remember we Well, we are out of the cents. summer gas. It's supposed to, it dropped eight cents. Okay. Well, there you go. But now it's back up again. But it went up, up 11. But it's it came up 10 down from eight. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, where'd you see gas at 147 uh, Not in Orleans. Well, that's cheap. I mean, I saw yeah. it the other day at like 169 I don't look, so it doesn't matter to me. Oh, I forgot your electric. Thank God. Here we go. <laughs> I don't yeah, look. They're banning all electric vehicles, did you hear? Uh, did they? <laughs> I got a charger in my house. I'm good. Yeah. All right. So I'm now good. they're saying 50-50 on October 25th? A little less than 50-50. Um, I still don't think they're going to raise prime, but it's possible. I mean, tip Macklem. Now, now there's going to be another reading that comes out. Another CPI report will come out before uh, the end of October when the Bank of Canada makes their next announcement. Uh, not to mention the fact there'll be a jobs report that comes out. So there's a number of factors that'll that'll come into play. There's no question that everybody admits that the economy is slowing down. And that on its own should allow TIF to pull back because the shelter costs are going to come down on their own over the next three are. months. Yeah, they already are. Well, you know, so in October of last year, Prime went up, if I'm not mistaken, a half a percentage point, went up another half percentage point in December and then a quarter percent last January. So there's still one and a quarter. So the shelter costs this year versus last year were still off by one and a quarter percent. So over the next three months, the shelter costs will probably still remain high. But then once we do the year over year come January, that's when we're going to see that number start to retract a little bit. And then that should allow the inflation numbers to come down back into the low threes, maybe high twos by early next year. So, maybe But in the meantime, maybe. we're going to be in the fours for the next reading will probably be in the fours again. And then after that, because again, we're comparing gas now versus last year and it was it was lower last year. So that's that's the increase. Food prices have gone up, but now there's some pressure on the grocers to lower yes. prices of food starting after Thanksgiving. I, I don't know how they come up with these dates. So go ahead and overcharge until Thanksgiving, but then we're <laughs> going to watch you after Thanksgiving. It's, it seems crazy the way they do things. But uh, you know what? I You know, I truly believe that you know, house prices are have remained stable throughout most of this year. We had the big drop in January, right, Paul? And then after that, it's been little increases or flat months, which is what we expect for the next year, probably. 
But I get a lot of customers to call me, Paul, and say, I'm scared my house value is going to go down as as we hit a recession or as the economy. And I say to them, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. I mean, talk to your realtor. But from my perspective, there's still a lot of demand out there. And as interest rates come down, that demand will ramp up. And the supply isn't exactly flying off the shelves either these days. So, But isn't the forecast that prices will come down in the fall? Like for the rest of the year? No, 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 no. The prices won't come down. I don't, like Frank said, I think they're going to be pretty flat and pretty stagnant. <clears throat> We've had our big increases from the end of January till now. And I think we might be pretty flat. Although, although this month's been very good for our team. I mean, it's been, it's been a great month. Um, so who knows what's going to happen when the numbers come out. Um, but it's, uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit flat, which, which will put our year to, at the end of the year, will put us underwater. Like we, we will be in a minus. We haven't been in a minus since 94, 95, something like that. So we will be, I know they predicted a two to 4% increase this year in the average sale price. It won't happen. I got derailed in January, right? I mean, I mean the significant yeah. decrease that yeah. happened in January derailed any chance of an yeah. increase for the year. Yeah. We went from ending the year at 691. So our April of last year, our high of 739. Ended the year at 691, so we were already coming down. And then the end of January, we're at 612. So that was our big drop. Since then, we've made our way up to up to 660, which is, you know, a, a decent increase. But, you know, where are we going to end? Will we end at 670 in an average sale price? Probably. Probably somewhere in that range will be our average sale price. Unless rates go up again. Yeah, unless rates go up again. But, you know, from go, go from 691 to, you know, six, let's say 670, we may end the year. It's a drop. It's not a crazy drop. I mean, we re- rebounded a little bit from the end of January, but when you're used to the two to four, five, six percent increases, not including the COVID years, but when you like, you know, the, the normal steady increase of let's say two to six percent is where we have been over the last decade. And people are expecting that people, you know, no one expects the value of their home to come down. And there's a lot of people who have bought a long time ago that the value of their home is way up. And then there's others who've bought in the last year, maybe year and a half, where, yeah, the value of your home is down. But we've always said it's a long-term play. Unless you have to sell, you're fine. You're, you're the, it will eventually rebound. And what was the percentage increase in the COVID years each year? We went from 22, 19. Uh, the year before that, in, in um, well, you know what I have, the year before that was 8%. The old man's got to put his yeah, glasses yeah. You know yeah, what it's all, you know what, it all comes into play. And like Paul said, I mean, you know, when we look at year-over-year results, they're going to be down right up until January of next year. But then when the in February, when the January report comes out, we're going to get this whopping increase yes. in value because we hit the rock bottom in January of last year. Yeah. So when yeah. they do the year-over-year, it's going to sound like, oh, my God, house values have skyrocketed during the year. But that's because that one significant de- decrease in January really impacted the numbers for the next 12 months. The Bank so, of Canada is getting back together two more times. Two right? more times, October, late October and early December. So. so, Steve, when we look back at the average sale price, we went through some lean years from 2012 to 2017. We were up, you know, 2.4, 1.6, 1.2, 1. 1.6, 1.2. You know, and then we went up our average sale price in 2017, went up to five point, went up 5.5%. And we thought that was a home run year. We did, then 3.8. And then in 2019, we went up 8.4%, which we thought was a whopper, which is a whopper of a year, like 8.4%. And then the next year in 2020, went up 19.9. In 2021, it went up 22%. And last year, it went up 7%. So... My math tells me that's about 50% in three years. It's unbelievable. Which is unbelievable. So people, if you bought in 2018, you are absolutely laughing right now. Yeah. Absolutely well, laughing. And Even if the, they go down 30, uh, 30%, you're still, still up. You're right. still up 20%, <laughs> yeah. right? So, uh, And those are the clients that have their mortgages coming up for renewal this year. And that's the only 
bright light in all of this because they're coming off of mortgages in the threes and now they're having to renew in the fives. But the bright light is your house has increased in value tremendously in the last five years. So at least you've got that to fall back on. It would be a lot worse if your house value remained static. That would be a lot worse for you. Are you seeing a lot of people tap into that equity because they have to? They don't have a choice. Um, so what a lot of people are doing is they're taking some of the equity out, um, increasing the amortizations to try and keep the payments level, paying off all their debt, as much debt as possible. And even we've even had some clients say, can we throw in another 10, 15, 20,000? We just want to have it in our bank account for that rainy day. And and they do it because- On their line of credit, you mean? No, no, no. They're taken right out of the mortgage. So if their mortgage matures and it's 260000 they've got thirty or $40,000 worth of debt, so that would bring it to three they They'll say, why don't we do the mortgage for three twenty? This way we can get the extra 20000 put it in a TFSA or put it somewhere that we've got it to back us up because this craziness that's happening we didn't expect and we want to be prepared for something else that might happen down the road that we're not expecting. So there's options. There's options, and uh, but the options are available in many cases because the property values have gone up so much that they've got way more equity than they ever imagined. Most people see that and are happy about it. Then you've got another group of people that are extremely disappointed because you know they had a certain plan to pay off the mortgage by a certain time frame, and all of a sudden that time frame has been extended because the interest rates are higher and the cost of everything though, else. Right? You're going to have house payments until you're well. And I think so too. And that's the conversation to have with someone is, listen, I mean, five years ago, if I told you your $450,000 house would be worth seven you you'd laugh and say, I wish, my God, that would be, a, that's winning a lottery. Well, it's happened. You won that lottery on the house value. So yeah, your mortgage is two fifty, and you've got 12 years left on it. But now because the interest rates are higher, your payments are higher and you really can't afford it. That's okay. Let's increase it from 12 years to 17 or 18 years just for the next five years if you want to take a five-year fix because that's what you feel comfortable with, let's do that. And then five years from now, let's revisit it because the interest rates might be back down on the threes. And then we could be a little more aggressive or keep your payment the way it is now and knock down the amortization quicker. Well, that's the thing. If if we come back down on interest rates in the next two or three years and yes. you keep your payments the same, you may end up even by the time you're done the five years. Well, well, that's just it. But if interest rates come down, this is the problem. So you're you're really motivated and tempted to take a five-year fix because that's the best interest that's out there today. The problem is that if two years from now, because it's an election year and we've hit a kind of a little bit of bump on the road with the recession and the interest rates are down to threes, you're going to be upset that you're at five and a half, five and three quarters, and everybody else is getting in at 3%. So um, that's why the variable has an attractive feature to it that allows you to just to write it out. And if you think the Bank of Canada Prime has are done with increases – you know, depending on the mortgage amount, I mean, you could get as low as prime minus one, which would get you down to 6.2. So not that much different than what you're getting on a five-year fix, but at least you have the flexibility to be able to convert it to a fixed if interest rates come down the next year But you're year qualifying at almost 9% now. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely ludicrous. But that's that's the reality today. I mean, the, you know, OSFI is still staying firm on the fact that you need 2% above. Um, a lot of our group, professional uh, Mortgage Professionals Canada, they're, uh, they're going to Parliament Hill on uh, the 1st and the 2nd of October uh, just to meet with a lot of MPs and just display what's going on, what, what the feelings are, what Canadians are telling us and how they're feeling. So hopefully maybe they can get into the ear of uh, OSFI and say maybe we want to scale that back a little bit to help Canadians right now. And Paul, you keep saying that now's the time because prices are probably as low as they're going to get. We'll talk about that when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank DiPolitano. This is Steve Gregory. All right. So you say listings are up. Listings are week by week. Listings are up. Yeah, they're, they, they're up drastically, actually. Yep. Which is surprising, actually. Well, when we look at where we were last week compared to this week, we can look at new listings by week, sold properties by week, and average sale price by week, and all three are up over the week. So, Is it taking longer to sell a house now or no? It is, yeah. And so when the numbers come out, we'll see what the average days on market are going to be. They're, they're definitely climbing a little bit. Um, you know, And there's more listings in the market. There are almost 4,400 listings. When you include rentals, there's almost 5,000 listings on the market. So we're starting to get more listings, which is... Good and bad. I mean, we need, we're starving for listings. The problem is there's so many buyers that have taken themselves out of the market. If we had a but normal- are they going to start coming back in now? Now that you think prices have pretty much bottomed out, right? I think. I mean, there's some reports out there that say, you know, in the next three, four months, we're going to go down. We're going to go down a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to be stagnant, if not go up a little bit. We are going to our quieter season. There's more inventory on the market, which means that there's a lot more choices out there, which which is a sign that you can slow down a little bit. But- the rates are the only thing that's killing things right now because you have choice right now. You just don't have the money to make that choice. That's the problem. Mm. Um, and there's so many buyers that have just taken themselves out of the market. But if they wanted to come back in the market, as I mentioned last week, and just stomach the rates for a year to two, um, they'll be in the driver's seat because I think the prices will start to climb in, in 2024. And I just think right now is a good time to buy. I mean, I, I did a search this morning as I was doing my stats and that. I'm looking at suburbia. I looked at, you know, the Canadas. I looked at the Orleans. Um, I looked at the Bar Havens. There's a lot of choice out there. I mean, in, in, in Bar, in Orleans alone, there's 291 homes for sale. In Bar Haven, there's 220. In Canada, there's 206. Those three areas, there's 717 homes for sale. And there's 4,342 active listings in the city. So that's about, I don't know, 16, 17, 18%, something like that. So, you know, there's a lot of choice out there. I mean, when I looked at townhomes, I think there was uh, 27 townhomes in one of these areas. So there is choice. If the buyers can stomach the rates for a year to a year and a half, potentially as long as two years, they will be in the driver's seat because they would have bought their house at a certain price and it would be that price times two probably. So, so. if you can stomach the rates, what what kind of a mortgage should you be getting? <laughs> How long? Well, You don't want to stomach them for five years if you don't have to. No, if you think you can't stomach those, listen, I think it's really tough today. Just qualifying is really tough. I mean, you know, during the, sh- during the many years that we've been doing the show, I mean, the, you know, the, the standard was you can qualify for about four and a half to five times your income. Well, that number's down to three to four. So it's come down quite a bit. And depends on other debt, right? And of course, it depends on your other debt. And I've seen people at two times their income because of all the debt they're carrying. So... It's really tough because for most people, it's about cash flow today. And, you know, when you talk to someone and they're buying their first home, a young couple who's buying their first home and, you know, five fifty, six hundred for a townhouse today, which would be the first home, even if they bought a condo in the fours, four fifty, by the time you incorporate the condo fee, they kind of take a step back and say, Well, we're paying twenty two hundred in rent and our mortgage payment with condo fees and or property taxes and insurance is going to be closer to 4000. We're not we're not there yet. Like that's the problem. Even though they want to be homeowners, unless they can get help from a family member, increase the down payment, that's where it's really a struggle. So Are you seeing- But I think I think if you can't get in now, it's going to be a struggle to actually get in. I, I mean, agree. You, you take a look at rents right now, what rents are at. When you're when you're paying 
you know, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven hundred dollars in rent plus utilities plus food plus car plus gas. Like you're you're it's it's hard then to then save to get into home ownership. And that's why if you can get some help from a parent, if you can get some help to get into home ownership, stomach the rates for a little bit and just get into the market, uh, you're going to be farther ahead than getting into a rental trap. And I mean. I mean, there's there's no secret that we've there's tons of places for rent right now, and they're being rented like in no time. It's the rental market is very very healthy, but I worry about some of these young Canadians that are getting into this rental market are never going to get out of it. So if you can get in, get in. It's hard to put money away, right? It's hard to put when you're spending, let's say, upwards of four, maybe four to five hundred dollars a month on rent. Like you better have twenty four. Yeah. Well, well, no. When you add utilities, rent costs, and that you're spending about four grand a month on on rent. Yeah, yeah. Four grand. You said four hundred. Oh, I said four. Sorry, four grand on rent and and you know everything utilities in that. You better have a really good job to be able to sock away another five hundred a month to go towards a down payment. And how long is it going to take you to get to that forever? Right. So so maybe you got to put away a thousand a month to to start working towards your down payment. So now you're up to five thousand a month. That's that's, that's a lot of disposable that's a, income. That's boy. a lot of disposable not income. Many, not many couples are making that kind of income yeah. right now, and and you know, and then you're giving up your lifestyle. And then for some people, they're saying, "I'm not willing to give up my lifestyle. I'm not willing to be in jail at home every night and not have any social life whatsoever for the sake of being able to buy a home." Well, you know who that is. That's the millennials, right? The millennials are. They saw their parents go through that. They saw the yeah. baby boomers go through that where they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're not these, doing it. With these big homes, these big cars. And they saw mom and dad stressed all the time. Yeah, but now they're going to be paycheck to paycheck with little homes. Yeah, but know, millennials no millennials are a different breed in the way that they are. They prefer time, experience. Uh, they don't want things. That's the big difference between the millennials is they don't need things. So Most, not all. No, I know. But most of them, no. they don't need things. They're just happy they're just happy living a modest life, but having good experiences and good opportunities and time off. I mean, if you ask a millennial, if you what's more important to you, more time off in your job or more money, I bet you 95% of them would say more time off. So are we looking at this like a bunch of old guys? Is it possible that people are just not interested in having that goal of buying that house? Well, first of all, there's only two old guys in the room. <laughs> Greg and I are young, so please don't consider us old guys. Not at all. Look, a lot of gray on that side white, of the room. Gray so, there and white hair there. <laughs> boy. So, no, I mean, I think the dream should always be to own a home. And but I, is it as important as it used to be? When we grew up, I mean, you got married, you bought a house. Yeah. That was it. That's, yeah. what, that's what your goal yeah, they're was. they're both gone now. You don't see a lot of weddings either, I don't think. These yeah, days, probably so, not. So you're not I, I, don't, I don't think that dream is gone. Uh is it the same situation that we went through? Probably not. Like, like have priorities changed? I prior, guess is priorities question. has probably changed. There's a lot of people that say, you know what? I don't want the hassle of upkeep of a house. I'm okay being a renter yeah. and calling my landlord every time there's a leaky toilet or a this or that. I'm like, that is attractive. There's some days when I'm fixing up my place and well, I'm not personally doing it, but when I have my, <laughs> when I have to make that phone call, <laughs> when I have to make that phone call, but you know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're having to renovate your house and fix this and oh, the roof's doing this and this. There's lots of days where I'm like, you know what? I wish I just rented. That's not my problem anymore. So there are, you know, there are the philosophy out there. There's some people in some generations and uh, some cohorts that believe I don't care about owning a home. I'm just happy renting. And that's the truth. And that's okay. But I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing just that gap move further. So, you know, when Steve and I were growing up. In the 40s. In the early 20s, you, you were hoping to buy a home when you're in your early 20s. 1920? 
I think I was I was twenty three. I think so was I twenty three yeah. or twenty four. You know, then when Paul got into the business, it was probably twenty five or twenty six because he's not that much younger than us. But anyway, well, when Paul today, got into the business, he did whatever his mother told yeah, him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I still do. Mommy, I still do. That mommy, I want a house, mommy. So, yeah. <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank Napolitano. <laughs> so we're saying before the break, so 20s, early 20s for us, mid-20s for Paul. Today, 30s is normal. Like early 30s? or Early 30s to mid to late 30s <laughs> is normal for somebody. And is there anything wrong with that? Nicer in the 20s, obviously, but if you can get your early 30s, mid-30s, then you're probably kind of entrenched into your career at this point. Your income is probably sufficient enough. And, you know... Which means you've saved through your 20s. I think millennials will stay in a townhouse where it used to be, you know, you start with the townhouse, then you graduate to a single home, and maybe the single home you get is the one that you're going to, your forever home, which is 20, yeah, usually it was years. the starter single home. Then and then another went, one. Yeah. Then the big one. But yeah, and you're right. I, I think so. we're going to, we're already seeing more people living, staying with mom and dad, staying at home. And they're going to stay at home until. Hence the second kitchen makes sense. Yes. Hence. Okay. Yeah. But like but, Italians are so far ahead of everyone else. save that furniture too. <laughs> yeah. But well, you got to take the plastic <laughs> off. There's more yeah. people no, in the house. No, because the know? couches that we bought in the 70s are still brand spanking new yeah when you see people come in and talk to you for a first time home Mm -hmm. how much do student loans impact their ability to qualify so a lot of them say well we're not making payments yet because we're just into our new careers and but i say but the number one aside from the fact that the lender is going to say what's the payment going to be because it's not going to be nothing forever you need to budget that as well. It's not about whether the lender accepts it or not. It's the fact that you need to come to terms with the fact that you've got a $40,000 student loan, and eventually, soon enough, you're going to have to be making three, four, five hundred $500 payments. But so, it is debt. It will count against Of course it's that. Of course it's that. Just, you know, some... some so how much th- of an impact does that have on first-time buyers? No different than any other debt that you have. I mean, it's a monthly payment that has to count. Are you seeing a lot of that debt? <clears throat> not as much. Not as much. And I, I know there's a lot of student debt out there, but unfortunately, a lot of Kids these days that are graduated, they're forced to rent for four, five, six, seven years, unfortunately, because they're just in no financial position to be able to buy a home. Well, they're not, they're not half of them aren't even renting. They're staying with mom and dad. Or that. Or, yeah, they're yep. staying with mom and dad. Now, that, that is a way. I mean, I hope my kids aren't listening, but but that is and a this way is being recorded. Paul, yeah, I know, so, I so know. You know Greg well, is going to send it. This right is to not going to make the YouTube video. Folks. <laughs> yeah, but but <laughs> yes, I, de- I definitely hope my kids aren't listening. But if, if you want a great way to save some money, and mom and dad are cool with it, it staying at home, good job, save some money for a down payment, and that's what a lot of people are doing right now. That's the only way they can do it because they know if they get into that rent trap. They're not getting out of that red trap, especially first-time home buyers or young Canadians who start their first job. They're maybe not making you know the the big bucks right now. How do you save money? You stay with mom and dad, like which, I, which is going on with people into their thirties now. Oh yeah. Oh god. I hope my kids aren't listening. <laughs> but single mom, a uh, client of mine that I've got right now, her son's in university and she's got two younger kids that are still in uh, you know regular school, high school, and um, and grade school. 
And she said her son has been so helpful because, you know, she's in a little bit over her head with her house. And uh, uh, her son is actually going to university and working part-time and helping the mom. So you're seeing that kind of, you know, he, he wanted to stay apart from home, but he, he knew that it was too tough on his mom right now. And he made a choice to live at home with his mom, go to university and get a part-time job and help the mom pay some bills. So, and, so again, and, you're seeing a lot of that stuff as well. And especially with the, the divorce rate nowadays, right? I mean, you have a single mom, or well, you have a mom and a dad who aren't living together, and sometimes one of them does need help. Maybe they're a little bit older, maybe they do need help. But yeah, we're seeing circumstances like that where it's actually beneficial for the mom or the dad to have son or daughter at home. Yeah, yeah. and I've got yeah. single parents that call me and say, like, my kid is twenty three and working. Maybe I'm going to add them to the file so I can do a refinance and qualify for it. Then I'm, and I'm, I'm always skeptical of doing it because then that kid loses their first time home buyer advantages. Right, they lose that land transfer tax credit because all we're doing is adding them. They're losing that potential first-time home buyer money from RSP at some point. So, so they're giving up some of those some of those perks that, and very few of them out there, those perks to be able to buy a house because they got to try and help a parent. But you do what you can. I mean, sometimes you've got your your shelter and you want to keep your shelter. You don't want to go from owning to renting. You want to try and maintain your house as long as possible. So this week, the government introduced the bill to take the GST off for uh, builders for rental properties. Rental properties, yeah. What are they going to do for ho- first-time home buyers, and when are they going to do it? Well, first-time home buyers, it's it's perceived that there's some is nice program benefits they have out now there. Is Useless. Yeah, Useless. yeah, the first-time home buyer incentive program is garbage because there's share ownership that nobody wants to give to the government. Although... Anybody that took advantage of it a year and a half ago, now the government's kind of in the hole with them because the prices yeah. come down. But yeah. but that only matters if you sell the property. If you don't sell the property, then it doesn't matter. So, uh, but you know, and there's it's the land the end transfer of time, tax. right? Yeah. Still, still they sell. Till they sell. Twenty five year amortization or until they sell. So you know, we've got first time home buyer um, RSP thirty five thousand uh, dollars. The new first time. Buyer savings plan is now out. Only a couple of banks, they'll have the accounts, but all of them will have it within the next month or two. So again, there's an opportunity to put money away for, for, for years and then be able to take it out tax-free. Um, what would be the best thing they could do? Increase amortization? I'd love to see that first-time home buyer incentive program ramped up a little bit and take away the share ownership. If we can do that. Well, why would they do that? Why would uh, the government Because do that? why should they have share ownership? Because it's not working. Well, oh, I know working. it's not working, but why? So the, the government's just giving out free cash? No, 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 no. What they're doing is they're they're not giving out the free cash. They're saying you got to pay it back, but they don't get a share of the profit. Yeah. The problem is that they're getting a share of the profit if the value of the house goes up, and that's what most Canadians struggle with. Why do I want them? I don't mind. Like if they gave me five percent, so if I put five percent, they give me another five percent interest free loan that I got to pay back, but it's interest free. But I got to pay it back. I'm okay with that. But if my house goes from seven hundred to nine hundred, and I make two hundred thousand, and they want another ten thousand dollars of my profit, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I, I, a hundred percent agree with that. But I can't see the government saying, "I'll tell you what, I'll give you free money. I know you got to pay it back, but here's free money." Well, why not? We're giving free money everywhere. <clears throat> but my thought is, they're not going to do any of this until inflation gets down to two percent. Well, they can't do it now because we don't have enough homes. Until we start, and they building don't want homes. to spur the market. No, well, but we need to build homes to be able to get that program, a program like that, in place. Otherwise, what's the use? I mean, you're now. Now, what you're going to do is create a lot of demand, and the supply is not there. So, what does that do? Drives up the prices of homes. So, you, you now, having said that, home builders through. were up quite a bit in August. 
compared to July. New, well, new home I, starts. Yeah, and I'm seeing lots of uh, applications for towers everywhere, like it's, yeah. Yeah, which is good news. And and I think in the past where it might have been a little bit sketchy on the zoning side, no, we're going to throw this one out. I get you, I bet you a lot of those are getting approved now. I mean, just about everywhere they're talking about. I mean, you know those signs that they put up with you know the uh, committee. Uh, this is what this is going to be. If you have a problem, we're having yeah, a, this yeah. and that. You see a lot of them now. So I, I know in, in Orleans alone, they're putting up a bunch of towers. I know just that the, on Fisher and Baseline, there there's a proposal for three large towers. I think it was like eleven or twelve hundred units. You see lots of cranes. Yeah, we're seeing lots of cranes, which is good news. I, I'd like to see it ramp up a little quicker because we're still starving for inventory. We talked about before coming on the air. There was four hundred and fifty five thousand immigrants that came to Canada this year, which is a lot. Um, and we talked last week about how, what that's going to do to our, our economy and what's going to do to our, our workforce, um, what's it going to do to our healthcare. So, I mean, it's, I'm love to see all the Im- immigrants coming to Canada, but we need to build up our infrastructure before we allow tons more people into the, into the, into the country. Having, a lot of building up though, right? We're seeing a lot of building yeah, up, yeah, not up, necessarily yes. building across. So. Well, builders make more money when they build more doors under one roof, right? So if they... They can build a high-rise condominium with, you know, 100. But it doesn't have to be that, right? No, but what was What's up? What's wrong with the three- and four-story nice what was up places? in August compared to July were single-family homes. Single-family yeah. homes. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But like, like I said, I, I know a lot of people in the trade business who are work for the new home builders, and they're like, we don't have any work because the builders aren't building right now. And it's, I well, mean. That'll be the next thing, getting workers. Well, that's it. I mean, well, I told you guys in the break, I, twice I went to restaurants with my girlfriend where there was one person working the whole restaurant, one one girl or lady was that was working, uh, serving the entire restaurant. And I'm just like, where is everyone? She took the words right out of my mouth. She says, nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah. I'm like, bingo. So Steve, you and I so, would have helped her and gone and cleaned clean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. plates. Yeah. Not Paul. Paul yeah. is like, wow. So I did, I did, I did help her. I said, she had to wait on tables and take care of the drive-thru at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did help her. I did help her. I told her the, my espresso martini was made very well. <laughs> oh, boy. She, oh, by the way, she was the bartender too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're the reason the economy's too high. Stop yeah. going out. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, but but then people lose their. So it's it's kind of damn if you do, damn if you yeah, don't. Like yeah. like you want to be able to support the local businesses and be able to go out. But on the other hand, they're struggling already because they can't get enough staff. But their rents haven't gone down, so they need to still have yeah. the sales that they do to be able to make ends meet. So it's. Uh, and they're it's still recuperating a from a couple of years ago. But, yeah, but it's also gouging from a couple of years ago. I mean, it, the airline industry is gouging. Oh, yeah. The hotel industry is gouging. Like, I know they got hurt bad, but they're gouging. And um, and worse is they're not even servicing properly. No, like, good luck yeah. trying to get through to an airline with any issue. Good yeah. luck with that. And, yeah, if things have to go up a little bit, but the service yeah. goes up, yeah, yeah okay, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, you were saying I got to stop going out. There's some pleasures in life that I will not stop doing, Steve. I won't go out and buy myself expensive clothes, expensive this, expensive that. But I will go out to eat. I love to go out to eat. That's my that's, that's my. That's the thing. guy who's got a Harry Rosen gift certificate. I do not. I gave it away. Oh, <laughs> hey, look at him. Does he spend money on clothes? Uh, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Good point, See, actually, good point. The, the only time the only time I spend money on clothes is when my girlfriend buys them for me. Ooh. <laughs> hey, now listen. Just before we go to the break, after all of this talk about affordability, I was on your website. Today, Paul. Yes, you got some townhouse bargains. You've got I, some great prices. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, like we have. You know, when you when you talk about a year ago, townhomes were all in like the high sixes, mid sevens. Sometimes in the West End, they're in the eights. 
I was pleasantly got some, surprised when I looked we, today. We got, like, we, wow. got, we got some in the mid mid to low fives right yeah. now. So it's first it's, time buyers could actually afford them. Yeah, it's it's yeah. PaulRushfort.com is website by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that a bit slower and a bit louder? com. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Did you sell those townhomes yet? Which ones? The ones I was just talking about. Yes, I thought they'd yes. be gone by now. Yeah, I yeah, know. We do have some really good deals. And we do have that. Um... Only the photography was a bit better. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I understand, agree. Paul. There's 8 billion people in the world and your website hits 8 billion people. How, how can you not sell them? Ah, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. I have access to, well, uh, however, foreign buyers can't buy here. So, oh, that's a good you point. Know, so we have access to Canadian buyers. That's about it. What is that going to change, do you think? Or is well, it going to change? I, I, I think, you know, with the inventory so low, yeah. I, I can't see them changing at any time because, you know, they don't want all these foreigners to come in and scoop up all our inventory and then we have no homes, right? Yeah. So I can't see it changing anytime soon. It's, you know, it's detrimental to some cities, like, you know, the Vancouver's of the world, the Toronto's of the world, but Ottawa. But it's right. It was the right move because in Vancouver, I think I read an article where there's something like 25% of condos that are empty year round. Yeah. And there's a lot of people looking for properties in Vancouver yeah. and they can't find any because yeah. you've got the foreign buyers that's... that have purchased them and just leave them sitting there. Yeah. Hey, after the roller coaster ride we've been on the last three years where you never knew from one month to the next what's going to happen, are we back to seasonal predictability now? Not yet. No? Not yet. I, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, do we know a, a spring market's coming and we think it's going to be strong? Yes. Um, you know, what's our fall market going to be like? Usually what happens is... July and August start to co- start to come down. We see a little bit of a spike in September and October, which I believe we're seeing, and I think the numbers will reflect that. So we are getting back to somewhat of a normal, seasonable market, but we're not just j- just there yet. We're still in a very fluid market where it's hard to predict what will happen from month to month. But I do think September numbers will be will be decent. I think October, if, if it stays on this trajectory, will be quite decent as well. And then, you know, November's always a, you know, throw a dart and see what happens. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? And December's sleepy. And right? December's very sleepy. But I can tell you one thing. For people who have to list in November and December, and they're always disappointed, I'm listing in the worst time of the year. Not necessarily. Because keep in mind, there's a lot of people that get transferred here. There's a lot of people that have to buy. There's a lot of people that want to buy. There's people that are trying to get into the market. And if you're on the market in November, December, my guess is there's not going to be as many listings on the market. A lot of people take their homes off the market in December to, you know, for, to celebrate Christmas. You, you might stand out. And let's be honest, people who are looking for homes in November and December are serious buyers. You, you don't want to be trancing through people's houses when it's, you know, usually it's not that cold in November, but when it's like minus 10, 20, something like that, you don't want to be looking at homes unless you are in the position yeah. to buy a home. So yeah, I think that... There's no, there's no real bad market in, in, in Ottawa or in, in the world, really. There's no real bad market. You either list in, you either, sorry, you either list in, you know, let's say the October, November, December, January, where there's not as many buyers, but you're not going to have as much competition on the market, you know, and then you go to the spring market 
And, you know, you won't be able to cheat on price in the spring market because you'll have a few more, it'll be more inventory on the market. So you'll have a lot more competition. And rates may be down too. And rates may be down. So, you know, is, is it a bad idea to get your house on the market November, December, January? I don't think so. I mean, and keep in mind, our spring market really starts around the 15th to the 20th of January is where we really start picking up steam. So if someone says, I really want to get my home sold this spring, I would say get your house on the market late Jan, Feb, early March. After that, we're in our hot spring market. And with today being the first day of fall, what should people be doing if they're thinking of selling in December, January? Well, I could tell you what they should be doing. And I, Greg did a bunch of them this week, eh, Greg? Like Greg went out and did all the exterior pictures in one house we're about to put on the market in the spring. Greg shot this week. That is a absolute dream. Oh, just a stunner. That The backyard in this place in Almost 20 years of doing this. It's one of the nicest backyards I've ever seen. So the point is, take yeah. your, get your pictures Get now. your if, pictures now, yeah. If, if you've got some great landscaping, you haven't closed your pool quite yet, you know, get us in now. Like, but can you help that. people that make the mistake of not taking pictures? <laughs> I, I'll refer back to Paul on that <laughs> <laughs> So, So the one thing Greg can do, and he did for me, so if you come to us, let's say, in October – Eh, that's probably a little bit too late, but let's say you come to us in the next three weeks and your pool's already closed. You know, your in-ground spa's already closed. I know that they look horrible when they're shut up. They do look, they do look horrible, but what Greg can do is he can virtually stage them so they look like they're open. And he did it for me when I sold my house in Navin. I was not looking to sell. I put all my furniture away and you guys saw my house and how much furniture I had. It took me at least a day to put everything away. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm going to sell now. I had to put it all back. Greg had to come out. He made my in-ground spa look like a dream. He made my pool that was closed look like the most inviting pool you wanted to jump into. But to get to your point, Steve, yes, we're going to have leaves falling very soon. They're already changing color. Gardens are going to go start to get a little bit shoddy. Uh, There's going to be starting to get like the, the wilting of the flowers. But even if you're not expecting to list your house, things happen. It's nice to have that as a backup that if you do have to list, yes. you've got it ready to go. Well, this this couple that are friends of mine that Greg shot it this week, they're not 100% that they are going to be buying and selling. They're looking right now. They want to buy and sell, but they're looking for a unique product and their house is a dream. And they it might not, but we wanted to make sure that if they were looking, if they found something for right. Jan Feb, that you know that Greg was there taking the pictures and we're ready to go come that come that period. All right, final question for you, Frank. I don't understand these rates. One year six seven nine, five year six oh nine, ten year six two four. Just shows you what's going on here. Shows you variable rate six ninety. Yeah. Well, again, that's you know, there's better than that available. I mean, we post our rates that most people have access to as opposed to just two or three percent of people have access to so we don't bait and switch but you know the rates are inverted today the bond markets are inverted where the one-year bond market is significantly higher than the five-year and then the 10 years just slightly higher and ten years not even attractive it's like well it's not attractive because it's 10 years and the rates are elevated right now so i think there's a lot of people kicking themselves for not taking the 10-year two years ago when the 10-year was in the freeze yeah uh, in hindsight, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. So who knew, right? Who like, knew? Who, when you who get knew something, we were going to have the increases? Yeah. When you got the governor of Bank of Canada saying rates are going to Canadians spend, spend, spend. Like it's okay. Rates are going to be low for a long time. Yeah, People spend, spend, that. borrow, borrow. Yeah, borrow, spend, borrow. It doesn't matter. So. so before we get to the birthdays, you're able to ask Frank one last question. Can I ask Frank one last question? Of course you can. Do you feel it's cool for a grown man to wear capris? 
There's no such thing as Caprice. Okay? I'm short. Okay, I'm five foot I just wanted to end the show with that. Okay? I just wanted to end the show with you that. You go with that. Yeah. Speaking of, Petra just texted me and she said an appointment has been confirmed with Callum and Michael for, for next week. For Spence Diamonds? All right. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for that, Frank. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, happy spending. Yeah. Diamonds are at all time low, by the way. Okay? So, hey, where are you going to be next week? I'm going to be in Italy, so I'm going to be calling in from Italy from the uh, the beautiful island of Capri to do the show. See, Capri. Capri, See? isn't that, isn't that <laughs> fitting? Yeah. See, that's I have been, to, Capri, I have been so. to the island of Capri, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's, so. hope, let's, let's hope it's not like the time we was in Vegas with the clinking of the oh, beer bottles. Stop <laughs> it, stop it, stop Birthdays. It. Yeah, I've got uh, our president who's going to be doing the show for me two weeks from now because I'll be on a flight back from Italy during that day, so... Sherry Cree celebrating her birthday. She's still a young pup. Luca Guercio celebrating his birthday this week. And then I want to give a special shout out to uh, uh, one of my agents who took me ATVing yesterday. First time I, I was out in an ATV for uh, trail. And uh, Josh Gray and then uh, listeners of the show, his buddies, Matt McMurtry and Brandon Holmes. So That's ironic because we have so much in common. Yesterday I was watching ATV. Oh, boy. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I just, <laughs> wow, nice, quick, witty. I like it. I just have I just have one. Uh, my souping, super listing coordinator, Kathleen, has her birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday, Kathleen. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, have a great week. Congrats to Michael Anlauer. Ciao. Support local businesses and charities.